Hello and welcome to another episode of Bright Future, the weekly political and philosophical podcast. I'm your host, Samuel Adams, but please call me Sam. As always, these episodes begin with a pre-written essay section before opening the discussion to the viewers. Before we begin, the rules. First, do not insult others, but instead discuss in a respectful manner. Next is Hitchens' razor, that which can be stated without evidence, can also be dismissed without evidence. Third is the Sagan Standard, which states that extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence to prove. Fourth is Hanlon's Razor, which states that we should not attribute to malice that which could be reasonably attributed to plain stupidity. Fifth is Occam's Razor, which states that simpler explanations that make the least assumptions are more likely to be correct. And lastly, keep your opinions flexible to take into account new information and do not fall victim to belief perseverance. These rules apply to both me when I write these episodes, and to you, the listeners, if you choose to join into the discussion. As always, I do not all have all of the answers, so in order to better learn on how we may improve our world, I encourage you to join the discussion in my Discord server, linked in the description. With no further ado, let's begin this week's episode, which I have titled, Purchase Power. Beginning in 2020, there was a recession in our global economy due to the COVID-19 pandemic, According to the stock markets, this recession began sometime in February of 2020, when major, when major indexes dropped by 20-30%. to 30%. However, by April of 2022, the gross domestic product, the measure of the value of all goods and services produced by a given area, in this case the globe, had returned to normal. But I'm still hurting in the pocketbook since April, and if anything, my, fa- my finances are suffering even more during this recession. Why is this happening? Prior to the recession, consumer spending on goods followed trends with spending on services. However, when the recession ended, consumer spending shifted to spend more on goods and less on services. In other words, after the recession, people preferred to purchase physical items rather than pay for things like work to be done. This shift greatly strained the already strained supply chains, to the point that the supply of goods could no longer meet the demand, which of course resulted in price increases. According to Deolite Insights, by November of 2021, the price of goods in the United States had increased by 14% compared to January of 2020. This is in contrast to the only 4% increase in the price for services. This change in price for goods seems to have resulted in a surge of inflation, but as of me writing this, there is no consensus among economics, uh, among economists, as to what the actual cause is. The first theory to delve into is one voiced by Stanford professor John Taylor, along with economist journalist Steve Hank and Nicholas Hanlon. They think that this uptick in inflation was due to a surge and in increase in the money supply, from the Fed basically printing 30% more money than they would normally in the early months of the pandemic. Then, many other governments around the world followed the United States' example. However, according to Corporate Finance Institute, banks would take action to combat an uptick like this by increasing their interest rates or other policy changes called inflation targeting. These higher rates would make things like loans more expensive, which would in turn reduce consumption and ease the strain on the supply chains, and either force a steady level of inflation or even decrease the inflation rate. The next theory comes from PBS. They attribute the inflation surge to product shortages due to the global supply chain issues caused by the pandemic, because during the pandemic, the number of workers plunged, 
which had an instant effect for the United States. Even now, countries that lead in supplying the United States goods are having factory hub shortages due to a lack of workers. In addition, BlackRock CEO Larry Fink stated that customer demand re remained steady compared to pre-pandemic years, and that supply chain issues overseas were the primary cause of the inflation surge. All of this resulted in the price of living reaching the highest it has been within the last 30 years. The third theory comes from the New York Times and CBS, price gouging and oligopolies. They argue that in recent years, large industries concentrated into oligopolies that then dominated the markets. Now, I actually had to look that word up. An oligopoly isn't quite a monopoly with just one person or business dominating a market, but instead when a market is controlled by a small number of large companies. They often result from a desire to maximize profits and are boosted by collusions between the companies that dominate the market. Under an oligopoly, customers know that prices are going up, but don't know what a reasonable price should be. This gives retailers the option to raise prices faster than inflation and then locking in those permanently higher prices. Now, before I give my two cents, because that's all I can afford on this issue, I want to preface this by saying I'm not an economist, nor am I an expert. I'm just a 21-year-old dude who moved out of his parents' house and became financially independent during all of this. And if one bad thing happened, like I suddenly needed to buy a new car or pay for some emergency medical procedure, it would basically ruin me, which is almost exactly what happened a few months ago too, if it weren't for one saving grace. Before I moved out of my parents' house and became financially independent, I dropped out of college before spending all of my college fund. The remaining college funds will go to those emergency medical bills, and I'm really hoping that that's enough. But even if it is, I would still be stuck living paycheck to paycheck. In my own effort to combat this, instead of renewing my lease at this apartment and accepting a 10% rent hike for no extra service, by the way, I am instead moving to another apartment that's 10% cheaper and less than a mile away. Instead of putting that 10% towards rent, I'll instead be putting it into an emergency fund so that I can hopefully get out from under living paycheck to paycheck. Now, I personally think that the inflation hike was actually caused by a perfect storm of those three theories I mentioned earlier, the Fed printing 30% extra money in the pandemic combined with global supply chain issues, but the biggest issue might actually be that oligopoly theory. Opposing the oligopoly theory is economist Justin Wolfers, who said, Blaming inflation on corporate greed is like blaming a, is like blaming a plane crash on gravity. It is technically correct, but entirely misses the point. Companies will always charge as high a price as possible, but competition keeps prices in check. In this current situation, customers have continued to buy even as prices rise. According to Wolfers, this proves that inflation is coming from customer demand. He also says that corporate profits are higher because customer prices have risen by 8%, but wage increases have lagged behind at only 5%, and that 3% difference goes to profits. Wolfers says this situation is temporary. But I take issues with Wolfers' rebuttal of the oligopoly theory. He states that the competition between company keeps prices in check, but an oligopoly implies that there's a collusion, a secret deal, between companies for them both to boost prices, instead of fight to have the lowest price. In addition, Wolfers stated that customers are still buying even though prices are rising. 
but there are some things that I kind of need to be able to purchase even if the prices go up. Things like food, clothes, and rent. Even if the price goes up, those are the first things that my paycheck needs to go to in order for me to survive. In cases like these, of course customers are still buying even though the prices are going up. They need to. Wolfers also mentioned that prices have risen by 8%, but that doesn't seem correct when compared to other sources. From earlier, I told you that according to Deolite Insights, by November of 2021, the price for goods in the United States had increased by 14% compared to January of 2020. In addition, Wolfers mentions that wage increases have only gone up by 5%, which does actually stand up to other sources. The Bureau of Labor Statistics states that wages increased by 5.1% during the 2021-2022 inflation surge. But there is still that gap between the price increase and the wage increase that results in the average worker being able to purchase less and their paycheck not going as far as it used to. All in all, I think Wolfers is treating this issue like it's a math problem, but it's not like a usual math problem you would have in your economics class. This is a problem that has people on the other end. People who now have to make a tough decision between a little bit of expensive healthy food or a lot of cheap unhealthy food. People have to decide whether to accept a rent hike or instead move out of the place that they've made their home over the past few years. If our money doesn't go as far as it used to, we can no longer live the same way that we used to. And if our lives get worse instead of better, how can there ever be a bright future? So what do you think? Honestly, inflation's just going to be fucked no matter what we do. Inflation's a sinking ship, we just have to manage how fast that shit fucking sinks. I mean, true, but you can also, like, manage how fast you're pumping water back out of that boat by increasing workers' wages, but well, you we see, aren't doing a, that. It's literally corporate boondoggle. There's fuck all you can do about it unless you remove the key failing of capitalism, which is corporate boondoggle. Do you mean corporate greed, or...? It's ultimately corporate boondoggle. It, it is, I don't even know what keep... boondoggle means. It's literally just corporate shenanigans. Google like, there is boon... fuck all you can do with in the confines of capitalism as long as corporations have as much influence as they do, which is something you cannot get rid of because capitalism. A boondoggle is a project that is considered a waste of both time and money, it is often continued due to extraneous policy or political motivations. So corporate half of what the shit corporations are doing in a nutshell. Well, I mean, except for things like I need to be able to pay rent, I need to be able to buy food, I need to okay, be no, able to hear me out here. pay this my is, electric this bill. This is a vicious cycle. Let's say the government raises the minimum wage, right? Yeah. This results in literally every corporation that provides a good or service increases increasing their uh, cost to compensate to maintain the same profit margin. Which means, effectively, the government has done nothing. I mean, that would make sense, except for one problem. The price for goods in the United States increased by 14% between January of 2020 and November of 2021. But in that That's... same time, wages only went up by 5%. Again, there is a 9% gap there. Yeah, it's corporate greed. There's no other there's no other explanation for it. It's literally just corporate greed and there is fuck all we can do about it. Unless we start hard capping how much uh corporations are allowed to charge and that shit will literally never pass. Well, I mean probably not, but you could at the very least 
tie the price of goods to the wage, right? You can't. You can't. There would be a literally that shit would get denied as far as the Supreme Court. Like, for better or for worse. Why would the Supreme Court deny that? Uh, because it's technically unconstitutional. Which amendment is it violating? Well, it's basic common sense here. If we started implementing fascist economics, the governments would be sued literally immediately. Because what you're suggesting is ultimately fascist economics. Which I will I will go out and say this right now. Fascist economics is objectively better to uh, American uh, capitalist economics. Because in fascist economics, the governments are able to enforce upon the corporations very much. All corporate the government could easily control how much the government the corporations are allowed to charge, how much they're taxed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, kind of the and the Inflation Reduction Act does kind of do that. Uh, if you noticed with insulin, they're capping it so that um, they can only can, charge you know, them so much per serving, I guess, of insulin. Yeah, so if people can actually you know, ser- treat their diabetes without going into an economic recession. Yeah, but the remainder of the charge of insulin goes to a cost-sharing program, or in other words, your health care insurance. Mm-hmm. So this isn't capping how much companies can charge for insulin. It's capping how much of that charge can actually go to the customer and instead taking the rest and putting it on insurance. That's just capping with extra steps, if we're being honest. Except that if it puts it on insurance, insurance rates are going to go up. Yeah, it's just cast cost. So it's not going to cap the cost. And more it's just going to move it. Yeah, it's just relocating it elsewhere. It's like, it's literally, let's take our problems and push them somewhere else. Yep. Because instead of spending more money on that insulin, that extra money You're is You're going to spend more money on your insurance. Going to have to go to your insurance, insurance premium. Because insurance is now angry. Because yep. insurance quite literally operates on the principle of, hey, I'm going to give you this money, right? Yep. In the event that I need it later, you will give me that money. Although, if I had to be completely blunt, um, insurance is also the reason medical costs in general are so ridiculously high. Well, I mean, that's also no, true, uh, but like... Allow me, to, allow me to elaborate. Okay, so, as so, when you have insurance, the, the pharmaceuticals have two big options. They can keep their prices as they were 50 plus years ago, which were ultimately, you know, kind of equivalent to what they are now. Or, and you know, if you keep them at where they were back then, suddenly you don't have any money because insurance is just paying for half of it and, you know, it just vanishes into the void. But at the same time, like, if you're paying less to the insurance, then the insurance is paying for your shit. The insurance starts losing money. So either prices go up or you're starting to play a negative sum game and rule one of capitalism nobody likes the negative sum game capitalism ultimately functions on the premise of you're either playing zero sum or a positive sum somebody has to be getting something and since you know we can't just add new money to the network without the government it's a zero sum game money has to go from somewhere to somewhere okay which makes you wonder why there isn't money going back into the system (laughs) They're rich people. <laughs> yes. So what you need to do is find a way to remove the money or put that money back into the system. 
uh, you need tax like the a, rich people more. It, yeah, I mean, I guess, but there's also like, how do video games do it? You know, because there but, are ways that video games do it, where a player who spent a ton of time building up a ton of in-game resources instead of real life money, how does the video game get them to sink all of that into something else? Okay, well, I'm going to use Final Fantasy as an example because Final Fantasy's in-game e- economy just fucking irks me. Final Fantasy XIV, the main resource is Gil. If you're going to buy anything that, you know, you aren't crafting it yourself, you're using Gil to do it. Okay. But the di- Gil is... The thing with Gil is that it is effectively an infinite source. There's an infinite amount of it being pushed into it by the game. It's kind of why, like, games, like, once you hit, like, a large enough resource cap, like, resources stop being an issue. Like, oh, I have 40k of this resource. Oh, but this resource is so easy to grab. I really just don't care that I have 40k in it. Yeah. But it's like, like Warframe. Because, you know, you've played Warframe. Yeah. We know how much excess bullshit you get in Warframe. Well, here's the thing. We we do have a ton of resources once you get high enough in Warframe. And they tried but, to add a resource sink. The helmet system, right? The, yeah, but the But it doesn't system, work. Yeah, it doesn't work. It does work. not sink your resources. Yeah, because That's you, the like, problem. you're not really doing anything with it. Like, your sink, it's only a resource sink if you give enough of a shit to use it. Exactly. So we need to find something for rich people to use as a resource sink. You see, there is life. one because that's how they taxes. keep dodging their taxes. Yeah, I mean, I guess. <laughs> they keep but... just giving their money to charity and suddenly they get so much tax forgiveness it isn't funny. Do you think the charity would work as that? But like... Are they actually donating to charity or is it like... You know, when you go to the restaurant and, like, you order food, right? And they say, do you want to donate an extra dollar to charity? That's not the rich people's money going to charity. That's yours. They're just charging you extra. (laughs) Like, it ultimately comes down to the reality that as far as capitalist economics goes, it's always going to be an exploitative system. Unless we just remove Corpro from the... from the situation entirely and rotate to capitalist fascist style economics there's always going to be this problem you gotta be careful as to how you do that though too aren't you yeah like it it's a very careful process if we were to rotate to fascist economics we would have to do it in such a way that every corporation in existence wouldn't immediately jump ship and if they jump ship and just start export importing in to uh, third-party suppliers in the country from elsewhere and just charge exorbitant import prices, then you haven't really solved the problem because you've just exacerbated it because now you can't do anything to the corporations because they're not in the country anymore. Just icky need to find a way to fix it. Uh, I hope Ultimate- the... I, I ultimately hope that the Inflation Reduction Act will fix it, but it yeah, probably hope, won't. But it probably won't, yeah, because of corporate greed. Corporate greed, Dober. Uh, it's depressing, but sadly it's a reality of life at this point. It's been like this for, what, at least 100 years? Well, no, it's not like the problem of at least 100 years. It's, um... 
it's really just the worse. past 30 or like because right now the cost of living is the highest it's been in the last 30 years so it's right now that we're having this problem and it's not something that we've had over it's an the past exacerbation of an inherent problem of capitalism that we can't do jack shit about because it's part of capitalism it's just reached an absurd degree now because the government won't do jack shit about it they keep trying to reduce inflation without addressing the key cause for inflation which would be corporate corporate greed, greed. yeah yeah corporate bullshit being corporate bullshit again because at corporate corporations increase their prices government has to increase their wage corporate corporations increase their prices because the wages went up and it's this vicious cycle we really gotta find like a law that would actually fix it without screwing anyone over except uh, maybe the rich honestly <laughs> honestly what i would do like the like the government's already running out of money social security is going to be dead before my mother even gets a chance to go on social security like yeah. it's that bad honestly my best the best solution i could reasonably come up with is uh say honestly where i would start is okay uh let's say a minimum minimum wage federal minimum wage is 725 an hour right okay if you're living in a make a federal law in any state right rents cannot exceed more than let's say for the sake of argument 30 percent of a full-time minimum wage worker's average paycheck which assume after tax brackets are taken account of so I always use 33% as my number, uh, 7.25 times 40, 7, and there's, uh, what, 30 days in a week? Not 30 days 30, 30 days, days in a, a week? <laughs> yeah, I can't math, leave me alone. Okay, uh, that's what, four weeks on average, uh, let's, okay, so we have 1160 to work with, right? Yeah. Divide that. Hold on, I'll just pull up my calculator real quick. So seven twenty. Yeah, I pulled up my calculator. Let's say rents cannot ex in a state where there's minimum wage. Your average, your rent per month cannot exceed three hundred forty-eight, which is thirty percent of your uh, minimum wage every month, assuming you're working forty hours every week. That and some change. If rent cannot exceed that, oh my god, yeah. Then I mean... suddenly everything else has to go down. Or it skyrockets in a rent yeah, yeah. So, right. I'm just going to run the math by verbally for the podcast. If you think rent should not exceed 30% of your paycheck, minimum wage is $7.25 an hour. Times 40 hours a week is $290 a week. Times 4 weeks in a month is $1,160. Times 0.3 for 30% of that paycheck equals $348 month for rent i would be hard pressed to find rent that's double that price <laughs> yeah it, it ultimately comes down to capitalism shenanigans and if yep. we start hard capping everything like oh like i actually saw the funniest shit at work today that makes so much sense in this conversation so i work in grocery you know Wait, hold on, but, like, let's take another problem about hard capping how much something can cost, right? That means that every company is suddenly going to charge exactly what that hard cap is. Fuck. 
is that is that that's probably exactly what would happen, right? No. Uh, sorry, repeat that. I just fucking dropped something and oh, spilled uh, shit everywhere. Well, it was good timing, so fuck. Yeah. So yeah, if you mandate a cap as to how much something can cost, like this is the absolute maximum that this can cost, that means that every company that makes that thing is going to instantly charge that cap, right? Yeah, but if you set the cap low enough, then the cap will still be lower than what they were charging to begin with. Or if you set the cap where it is now, then you've effectively... And then you raise the wage, then the problem slowly goes away. Slowly, because they well, can't. I mean, prices can't go up, but wages are going up. Justin Wolfers, like I mentioned that earlier during the essay, says that the situation is temporary, and we just need to wait for wage increases to catch up. As someone who, who willing two wage increases—that's bullshit. <laughs> who like, willingly gives away a raise? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's also more so that, like, if you look at it from a minimum wage standpoint, whenever the minimum wage goes up, your paycheck it just effectively stays the same because corporate boondoggle. They just keep raising the prices, so it's like your the amount of money coming in goes up, but the amount that money is worth effectively stays the same. Or, in worst cases, just decreases, which is the... Like, from an outside perspective, that's the funniest shit until you start thinking about it for a few seconds. Like, oh, yeah, that's bad. Yeah. Like, it is. It is fucking rough. Anyway, the other thing I wanted to add, like, during this conversation portion was scalping. You know about scalping. Oh, fucking scalping makes me unreasonably angry. Yep, that, that's why I wanted to mention it, just to get you, see if I can get you to yell on this. Scalp, scalping is fucking, is literally inflation to the most absurd fucking degree you could possibly come up with. Well, first, let me preface as to what it is with a bit of an example. With a bit of the worst example ever. So. PS5 scalping. We like playing video games, right? So we like to buy things like PlayStation 5s, Xbox One Xs graphics cards, things like that. And we're constantly being told that there is a massive shortage of all of these things. But there isn't isn't. really. (laughs) What's actually happening is that a small group of people is looking at where you can buy these PS5s, Xbox One Xs, and these graphics cards, and they're buying up the whole supply at the market price. And then reselling them on places like eBay or whatever for double or even sometimes triple the price and people still buy them because you can't get them anywhere else at that point because the the one person bought up the whole supply to the point that some people are straight using programs to get around limit certain amount of purchases per customer online right yeah they use a program Proxy to change their location and stupid. change their stuff and just manually, automatically, I should say, buy up the whole supply. VPN go Yep, basically like that. Except they write a program to automatically change where that VPN is and to automatically purchase these yeah. things. Right? Honestly, so it, like, like okay, the second it goes on sale, thing. it is instantly sold out because that program just... Mm. Burr. Yep, just buys like it all up in seconds. 
then the only place you can buy these graphics cards or these consoles are well from the The scalpers because they're the only people who have them at that point and i'm thinking what happens when this moves to buying things like food or clothes or anything else oh funny you should mention that uh Going back to Final Fantasy XIV, that's my topic for a second here. Okay. I have a friend, their name is Scafix, absolutely wonderful guy. Uh, at one point, a couple weeks ago, on the entire data center, what he did is there's a specific type of milk. He straight up bought all of it off the market board and resold it at inflated prices. In a video Literally game, the though. same concept. Like, imagine that yeah, happening in It's a video game, game real life. so it doesn't have real consequence. Yeah, that's kind of the problem. It's like, the moment this... Like, scalping needs to be shut down hard and fucking fast. Yeah. Because if it continues going the way it's going, it's just going to get worse. Thankfully, like, most local grocery stores don't exactly have this issue. But automation. When automation becomes a deal, suddenly this will become a problem. I don't think it's a realistic concern, but the idea behind it is itself is a concern. Yeah, it's just icky poos. I don't like it. I want to be able to buy yeah. a 40 series graphics card from Nvidia or Yes, yeah, scalping but you can't is a because, terrible practice. But you can't scalping. because they're all bought up by scalping and they're like three yeah. times the price scalping and I refuse to do practice. that. I refuse to buy something at three times the price. Scalping is a horrible practice and it needs to fucking die greatly down. Yep. But, again, capitalism. Gotta make money somehow. Uh. Yep. It all it all ultimately loops back to ha-ha capitalism go burn. Yep. So, anything else... Age, people will do what they need to do. Anything else you want to add? Not particularly. Not particularly, alright. Well then, thank you for listening to this season of Bright Future. We've come a long way from when we first started back in July... I started as just a guy ranting into a microphone, and now I'm properly researching and writing full scripts. And while these episodes may not perform as well as the initial rants, I feel like now they are more complete. Mm-hmm. And they're better for it. If you would like to support the show, you can donate by you can donate or pick up some merch which displays both the show's logo and icons for individual episodes. You can also support by commenting. Um, or if you're listening to this on YouTube, or by joining the discussion when they are recorded live every Monday at 7 p.m. Central. Link to both my Twitch channel and my Discord are in the description. Each episode is then released on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Central, Um, so I'll see you back here next week for the New Year's episode, which I will title Forward. A small teaser for it, I plan on also turning future episodes into a book.